0: And sing along. Good
1: morning.
2: Good morning. Good evening, and good morning. Uh, It's Pastor Fred wishing Pastor Merrill a very happy birthday. Pastor Merrill, you uh, exemplify everything it means to be a servant leader, and you have truly committed yourself to the success of many, many others, and because of that, you are a success today uh, on your 80th birthday. Um, Just glad I could be a part of this and uh, God bless you and have another 80 great years. And now if the congregation would join me in singing Happy Birthday to Pastor Merrill. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday Pastor Merrill. Happy birthday to you,
1: and many, many more. God bless you, Pastor Merrill.
0: Pastor Fred is uh, suffering in Arizona as we speak, but I texted him to let him know that it's just as warm here as it is there uh, today. Um, but uh, probably not as sunny uh, here. But uh, uh, you may ask yourself, why take out a service to celebrate Pastor Merrill's 80th birthday? We had Dr. Bob Cornwall here. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, supposed to dismiss the children and Fuel. I always, uh, I always forget that. So Fuel, have a great time. That's our junior high, senior high, Sunday school class. The children probably already left, so they didn't, they didn't even wait for me. They're just out of here. But uh, uh, my apologies. Have a great time. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Um, Dr. Bob Cornwall was here uh, preaching this year, almost 90 in our pulpit. And Remember he gave us the secret to a long life. Do you remember what he said? The secret to a long life is to just keep breathing. He said that's the secret to a long life, just keep breathing. So are we honoring Pastor Merrill because he's just kept breathing for 80 years? I say No. Almost 40 years ago, Pastor Merrill came from the city to pastor a small church called the Plaines Christian Assembly with about four people the first night he came out. And uh, today we see Christian Life Church and where we are because of his faithfulness for 40 years. Not only has he served the church for almost 40 years, many of you probably don't realize this, but he came to the college almost 60 years ago. Let me ask you a question. Do you know anyone that has had the same job for 60 years? I'm going to tell you, there's something to be learned from a life of faithfulness. And that's why we celebrate it today. That's why we honor him today. And so we're going to begin with the gift giving. And so I'm going to ask those that are helping me uh, with the gifts to come down. And we want to honor Pastor Merrill. Pastor Merrill, come on up here. And uh, we have some special gifts for you. How many of you knew that uh, back in the 1960s, Pastor Merrill was a recording star um, and, uh, and, and made many records? Those are the big round things that look like big CDs and, and uh, LPs or whatever they're called. But uh, so Pastor Merrill and, and the college team made, and we found three of them, and we have digitally remastered them. Not available in stores, only available here. And so you can buy them today, all three copies. So we want to give those to you as a gift. And, um, and so if you like good old quartet music, you're going to love the CDs that are out there. We also have taken some of his uh, sermon series uh, from the past. And I've just kind of made a note in my mind, the ones that really meant a lot to him. And, uh, and so we found them. Uh, they didn't even have CDs back then when he preached them, but now in CD format... Again, not available at your local Christian bookstore, only here today. Uh, We have the Book of Revelation. Uh, So if you like the Book of Revelation, End Times Teaching, that's there. And then the Holy Spirit in the church. I'm really excited about that one because Pastor Merrill lays out the foundational theological principles of the church from the Book of Acts and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so if, if you're interested in either of those things, and I think you would be, those are available in the lobby. Uh, the CDs are, are five dollars. The one teaching CD is uh, five dollars. The other one is ten because it's it's actually two two packs. It's he, he just talked a lot about that. So, um, but but those are a, uh, those are good things. And we have one more thing. Leanne has here. Those are five dollars as well. So um, we have a plaque. Uh, one of the songs that they sang, and, and you can see this on your bulletin cover. How many like the bulletin cover? Sing, Pastor Merrill from uh, from the past. And uh, they sang a song. We've come this far by faith. And so we, uh, Leanne, had found the sheet music, and we framed. Uh, We've come this far by faith. Pastor Merrill, happy 80th birthday from Christian Life Church. So, first, that's me. That's 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 neat, neat, Not
3: a nice thing. What it
0: This is a first song.
3: That Jerry and I sang as a duet on our very first service when we started. We've
0: come this far by faith. Thank you so much for that. Wow. That's, uh, I didn't even realize that. So those are some gifts for you. And, uh, and, uh, and so we have a lot of people that want to say something today. But I'm going to turn the, your attention toward the screen for our first birthday greeting.
4: Hello to all of our friends at Christian Life. Hello to all of our friends at Christian Life Church. We want to tell you here at Lakewood how much we love you and we love your pastor Pastor Darrell getting to meet him and connect with him today and we just celebrate everything God is doing there and want to send out a special happy 80th birthday to Pastor Darrell Merrill the father. We congratulate you. We we believe you're going to have many, many more great years. My mom turns 80 years old this year as well. She's strong and healthy just like you are and I know that, you know, Darrell, me and you are reaping a lot of the seeds that our parents have sown. So we thank you for all that you've done, all the seeds, all the good deeds you've done. And we just celebrate everything God is doing there. Just remember this scripture. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. You're planted in a good place. Stay there, support your pastors, be faithful. And I know God's going to do amazing things that 2013 is going to be your best year so far. We're praying for you. We believe in you and hope to see you soon.
0: We had to edit it down because Joel just kept talking and talking and, <laughs> and um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, happy birthday, Pastor Merrill. Uh, we want to invite some of our elders up this morning uh, to honor Pastor Merrill. I'm going to invite uh, Lars Svensson uh, to come at this time. And uh, there's Lars and uh, Ed Alexi. Where's Ed? If Ed could join us up here. Come on up, Ed and Pastor Harry Schmidt. Uh, These are our elders here that are here today. Um, I'll be sharing a little bit later from God's Word in a moment. We're going to let Lars go first because Lars actually has to go to the airport. Uh, He's heading out on the mission field. And now he has Pastor Merrill beat by a few years. Uh, He is 87 years old with 87 trips to the mission field under his belt. Is that a testimony or what? And, um, and, uh. And so, before uh, before uh, he has to go, one of our founding elders would like to honor Pastor Merrill. Thank you. I'm 85, brother. (laughs) I enjoyed working here for the past 20 years, and I well, no offense. Well, good
5: morning. morning. It is an honor and a privilege for me to share happy birthday to Pastor Merrill. Uh, Harriet and I, I think we probably have known the Merrills longer than anybody else. Uh, I've known Pastor Merrill for over 50 years. And uh, when I met him, he was like you see on that bulletin. He was a young, handsome man with black hair. (laughs) And uh, I learned to know him at Philadelphia Church. He was a man that was a choir leader. He shared the pulpit. He was also... Uh, custodian and he's done it all besides that uh, to supplement his income he had a trucking business where he would haul appliances for sears and furniture stores he knows all about leverage <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot of things about moving things that are heavy and you gotta do it the right way but he, he's been a blessing so many ways but now uh, we came with the Merrills to the Little White Church in 1976, and we just were so happy to be there at that time. And of course, things have gone on in a wonderful way. Uh, I feel that Pastor Merrill is a is a man of integrity. He is a self-starter, and a visionary, and a steadfast servant of the Lord. <clears throat> Uh, He started the men's Saturday morning prayer time at seven o'clock in 1976, 47 years ago. And every Saturday the church is open for men to pray, undergirding the church. And we found out early that he had a heart and compassion and a burden for missions. When he gave his new station wagon, a 1972 Chevy, to a visiting missionary, Victor and Ruth Martinez, missionaries to Monterrey, Mexico, who did not have a vehicle. He had just made the payments and finished making the payments on this vehicle. So seeing that, we realized that he had very much of a burden for missions. Uh, This church supports some 20 missionaries and various uh, upstarts on that, and this is Pastor shared a wonderful story on the south side. But 20 missionaries, that's quite an outreach. And every the third Sunday, every each month, we give funds for that. So kind of have in mind the third Sunday they gave a little extra so we can support these missionaries. I, as treasurer of the church, know many times that Pastor Merrill went without a paycheck so that the missionaries could get their support. The money didn't always flow in but he was faithful and the missionaries were promised support and they got it <clears throat> I'd like to uh, leave you with a scripture that I think fits fits Pastor Merrill quite well 1 Corinthians 15:58 Therefore, my dear brothers, start firm, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain.
1: Good morning. Pastor, I'm sure for the 150th time, happy birthday. Just a a few comments regarding Pastor Jerry, this church. Our family came here in the mid-70s during a period known as a charismatic renewal. People were leaving traditional churches looking for a deeper walk, looking for a church that exercised the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that believed the Bible. We came in on a Sunday, by the middle of the service, I knew this is where God had planted us. This is our church home. This was the church for then, for today, and for tomorrow. Pastor Merrill has passed his leadership on. He's mentored Darrell. This church has the same vision, the same upholding of biblical principles that it had 40 years ago. What a testimony, what a witness to Pastor Merrill and his faithfulness. You know, if I had to pick a nickname for Pastor, it would be Bulldog. That's what I would call him because of his tenacity. When he has a vision, a project, a goal, don't get in his way. It's going to be accomplished. If I could just have another minute, I'm going to give you a secular example. Pastor Merrill's a car guy. Many years ago, he decided he wanted to build a kit car. For those who don't know, a kit car is a fiberglass reproduction on a chassis. I'm helping him. The instruction manual says, at this point, get six men. It was Pastor Merrill and I. He says, come on, Ed, we can do this. (laughs) And we did it. (laughs) Pastor, over the years, you've been our shepherd, our pastor, our teacher, my mentor, and my friend. I love you, Pastor. Thank you for your work, your dedication, your commitment, your spirit, your vision. Lord bless you. Thank you.
6: There are, um, of course, you know that Dr. Merrow is the oldest of the Merrow brothers. And Dean, would you stand for a moment, Dean? And Pastor Merrill, would you stand as well? Now stay st- Pastor Murrow, stand, Pastor Merrill stand. Pastor Merrill is the oldest brother. Dean, as you could tell, is the tallest brother. Thank you. But I'm the youngest brother. Um, although not by blood, we are brothers and have been long-term brothers. We first engaged in relationships of a collegial environments. Uh, 46 years ago, Pastor Merrill and I, and uh, I have worked full-time here in capacity along with Pastor Merrill for 30 years. First Samuel chapter 13 verse 14 said, the Lord sought for a man after God's heart who would be able to serve God's people. I believe Pastor Merrill has been such that man who has served not his purposes, but Pastor Merrill, you've served the purposes of God in serving these people. Pastor Merrill, among our elders, has been an elder of elders. And there are other elders who are here today who historically served on this elder board, like Norm Nelson. And among all of us gathered together, he was always the elder of elders. He was always the leader of leaders. But one thing you could understand about Dr. Merrill historically, is that Dr. Merrill is the gold standard for the consistency of purpose. He has always stayed on cue. He has always stayed right on point. He's always been a man who is absolutely, constantly, consummately preparing for the future. And although Dr. Merrill Jr. and I look like we're dressed up today as funeral home directors, We are not celebrating Dr. Merrill's ultimate memorial service, but in essence, it is a living memorial service. And instead of laying down this way, he's standing up to hear all of these words. But I was a little interested in the fact that although he has done hundreds, if not thousands, over the last 40 years of baby dedications, communion services, weddings and funerals, I kind of thought that he was stretching it a little bit when the other day we came into the auditorium and he told me that As he's lying in repose, uh, kind of keep it parallel with the lights, if we could, so that the amount of light would reflect appropriately, of course, not on him, but the casket and the flowers. But anyway, so uh, never fear, he has totally prepared for that. But in reality, Dr. Merrill has always been, and I know this for a fact, a, a, a deflector of personal honor. He's always been a reflector indeed of the praise and glory of God, lifting that praise back up to the Lord. In fact, as you travel with Dr. Merrill over the years, you'll find that Dr. Merrill, when it comes to being in a large first-time crowd, Dr. Merrill always tends to withdraw himself and never puts himself out in front of people. But although he may personally withdraw himself from the crowd, the character that is within him always stands out. In any crowd that he is at. It is true that life is built upon many moments. And Dr. Merrill said many of them. But truly he's about to have more moments. Because he's moving into the Caleb Caleb era of his life. And I believe long before he does enjoy his long standing wait for the Lord. He is going to leave a trail of impact for all of us. He does however uh, have a more recent vice. Uh, two or three times a week, he goes to a, uh, one of these local uh, uh, hangouts, one of these bars. And um, on many times, actually, over the last few years, I've been the dedicated driver, the designated driver, to make sure that he gets home appropriately. And of truth, uh, even just yesterday, as he went to this bar, as soon as the people saw him walk in, they set his drink up. And the barrister at Starbucks knew immediately what he wanted. So, uh, that venti tea. It is a great honor to be here. Thank you, Dr. Merrill. Happy birthday. God's blessings upon you indeed. Thank you.
0: So, appreciate our, our elders and, and uh, their love in, in honoring Pastor Merrill this morning. And now we have the tall brother. The only brother of Pastor Merrill. He's going to come and uh, share uh, a family birthday greeting this morning. Thank you very much.
2: We appreciate so much the warmth and love of this moment. You're very kind and gracious to our family, and thank you for that. I was asked to share what it's like to grow up with my brother, And uh, I don't have the material I need for this. I don't have the stories because we are 10 years apart in age. So I can't pull out the stories of racing bikes together and playing baseball and all that kind of thing. Uh, By the time I was entering second grade, uh, he had already skipped a grade and was ready to enter college. So there's not a whole lot of history there. More of the history comes when I... Uh, chose to come to the Bible College here in Chicago, and he was already on the faculty here, and that put us together a great deal. That put me in the classroom under his instruction. I assure you, I earned every grade I got. Uh, There was no nepotism or family uh, favors granted in that situation. And uh, we spent a lot of time in the summers... Uh, traveling to various churches across the nation, especially in the Upper Midwest, singing, uh, it was mentioned, the CD of the of the Challenger Quartet. He sang, I sang and played, and uh, two other students. Uh, night after night, large churches, small churches, and uh, we got into a pattern of... Uh, you know frequently you'd be in a church on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night with forty people, and the pastor would stand up and before I introduce our guests from Chicago uh, let's sing a song together and we were kind of the big folks from the city and uh, I was usually asked to you know go to the piano and play for an opening song. I got to the point I just assumed you know that that's what would happen that i I would accompany uh, the night to remember or to try to forget. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Montevideo, Minnesota, a bit of a larger church. I think there were probably 100, 120 people there that night. And the pastor stood up and welcomed the people. Glad to have you here tonight. Uh, let's, Let's open the hymnal. Let's sing page 274, Heavenly Sunlight. I didn't even need to open the book. I knew that song. And so I ripped into the introduction to start the song. The only trouble is, there are two songs in the book, one called Heavenly Sunlight, one called Heavenly Sunshine. One is in the key of A flat, the other is in the key of D. Uh, One is 4-4 time, the other is 3-4 or maybe even 9-8. They are not compatible. They don't work together. And so the pastor started to lead and the whole thing just... There's a technical musical term for this called train wreck. Uh, I mean, the whole thing just crashed to a halt. And he looked at me, this brash 19-year-old college kid, and said, uh, 274, Heavenly Sunlight. And then it hit me. Oh, my goodness, I've set him up for the wrong song altogether. And then he just couldn't resist adding, uh, we do have our own church pianist here tonight. <laughs> Who, in fact, was sitting about five rows behind where I was sitting. And as he called for the song, she had started to go, and this kid beat her to the, bun- beat her to the bench. So she sat back down, and the rest of the story is history. Um, I was absolutely mortified. And I tell that story to say that what was the faculty member going to say after that event? You know, when you work with young people, as he has for so many decades, you appreciate the enthusiasm and the drive and the passion. You have to put up with mistakes. You have to put up with stupidities. And this was such a moment. Did he say, Dean, for goodness sake, what are you doing? Did he say to me afterwards, you know, you've embarrassed yourself, you've embarrassed me, you've embarrassed the college, this is our first time in this church, we'll probably never be invited back again, come on, don't be, don't... You know what? He said nothing. Nothing at all. Because he knew I'd already gotten the point, and he didn't need to pound it in. He was not like, we're seeing various sports coaches these days at professional level, college level, getting in the face and driving it hard into the face of an athlete who makes a mistake. He didn't say a word because he uh, figured the point had already been made and he didn't need to. He showed in that moment grace, mercy, and I will always appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: The good news is we've been invited back to Montevideo with uh, the college group and in fact our sound person in the back Peters from that church in Montevideo uh, Minnesota <laughs> Peter can tell you after service if that story is still circulating uh, at the potlucks or not but uh, I'm going to ask you to get out your uh, your bulletins and inside there's a bulletin or a Bible blog that I wrote this week uh, with just an outline of what I'm about to say. And you can write down anything the Holy Spirit leads you to. The Bible verses we're going to look at, and I'm going to get through this without crying, to the best of my ability. But I love my dad, and I honor him. And I want to give you some lessons I've learned from my father. Proverbs 23:22. listen to your father who gave you life. We're to listen, to learn today. This isn't just about honoring Pastor Merrill. It's about your life and my life and applying principles to our life. And what are some of the lessons I've learned? The first lesson is live with integrity. Live with integrity. Maybe it came from his Quaker heritage, but it's always clear that integrity matters. Throughout his life, he has chosen to do the right thing no matter the cost no matter how difficult no matter what others may choose to do integrity chooses to do what is right every time pastor merrill has made that choice to live a life full of integrity and proverbs 10:9 says whoever walks in integrity walks securely Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. You aren't at the same church for 40 years without integrity. And that integrity helps you to walk securely. I'll never forget as a young boy, watching my dad in the mid-1970s as our church moved to a school building on the other side of Mount Prospect and the college came out from the city to join our church. As we came out from the city, the students that attended the college, the young people from literally all over the nation and really all over the world that came. Students of African-American descent or Asian descent or Hispanic descent. We actually had children from, uh, or should I say students from Africa attending, India, uh, just so many students from around the world. And when they first came to Mount Prospect in the 1970s, the neighbors in the city were not happy that, that all these young people from the city were coming out to the suburbs. If you remember the racial tension that was there in the, in the 1970s, and I watched my dad be vilified by, by neighbors, by city people, by just saying, why are you doing this to our community? Why? And, and I watched my dad stand with such dignity and integrity in the midst of it. And, and I, I saw him stand for truth. I saw him stand for what is right. And I said, I want to be like him. I don't want to be like the angry people. I don't want to, I don't want to go along with the crowd. I don't want to, I, I, I will fight for what is right. That's, that's my dad. He lives with integrity. The next one, be an example, goes along with that because you live a life worth emulating. People are watching you. They're following your example. You have followers in your life. So Live that life of integrity. Be that example as people watch you and live a life worthy of following. The the next thing there is be prepared. Whether getting ready for a class or a sermon, planning a big event at church, or strategizing for the future, my dad always worked hard. My dad's always been faithful with the task, whether large or small. And it says in 1 Corinthians 4.2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. And I learned that it's important to think big, to plan ahead, and that sloppy just won't cut it. God's asked you to do something and do it with all your might. I watch him even today as he prepares for things like going to India, how much time and effort and energy he puts in to everything he does. He is well prepared, and next he works hard. There's no substitute for hard work. You don't just show up. You plan ahead, like we said. You're ready, and then when you get there, you do it with all your heart. You work hard. You know, that's what faithfulness is. It's working hard, working diligently, doing everything for the Lord. Colossians 3.23, a verse we know well this year. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We live all of our life for him. We preach that for the first, I don't know how many weeks of this new year. We live all of our life for him. And that's what Pastor Merrill does, lives all of his life for the Lord. Because what God calls him to do, and what God calls you to do, is important. It's something only you can do. And so we do it with all of our heart. We do it with diligence. We do it with excellence. And what a powerful picture to see someone and they're in their 80s still going strong, still working hard hard and not giving up. The next one is that I learned to be humble. Be humble. I have not mastered this one, but I have seen it modeled. James 4, 6, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. As Pastor Harry mentioned, I've watched my dad in many venues, churches, conferences, different things, and he never makes a grand entrance. He never says, here I am, everybody look at me. In fact, he, he comes in very quietly, and then he's honored after he's there. The gift makes room for him after he's there. And, and, and I know that even today as he's sitting there, this service is making him uncomfortable. Because he, he's like, I, 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 there, there is a, a humility about him. And can I just be completely honest here? that the transition of leadership that happened this last decade in our church, it would not have worked had it not been for the humility of Pastor Merrill. I've never felt a, a rival, even when we were co-leading there in the early 2000s, and we had the, that, those roles before I became lead pastor. It was never, hey, Daryl, we're going to do it my way because I'm the dad, because I'm in charge. But it was always, it was the, always this humility. And I want to be very honest with you. There are a lot of sons that cannot work with their fathers. Not just in ministry, but in life. But there's a lot of sons that can't work with their fathers. And can I be honest with you? I've never... Had a problem working with my dad. Serving him on staff or, or, or even to this day. It's not that we don't fight. It's not that we don't argue. We get into some of the best arguments out of the whole staff. We like argue the loudest. But there's always that idea that, hey, we're on the same team. We're, we're for the same cause. We work for the same Lord. And we're just not that important. He is. And, and so it's an honor. And I know there's a lot, of, a lot of men that are standing up in pulpits today that wish they were with their father in kingdom work. But it just can never be. And I know there's a lot of men standing in pulpits today that wishes their father was still alive. That maybe preach a sermon like this on Father's Day, but never had the chance to say it to their dad's face. And I am honored that today I get to stand on his 80th birthday and share these ideas. But I love the humility that I've seen in him. That's the calling of all of our life. We're called to be like Christ. There's nothing more Christ-like than being humble, than serving. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Mark ten forty-five. It's not on the screen, but that's free. Um, I just encourage you to live a life of service and humility. Next, obey God. Obey God. Listen to God and do what he tells you. The word of God needs to be our guide. Whatever God tells you to do, just do it. And obedience is a key part of our trusting and loving relationship with God. I encourage you to to follow Pastor Merrill in, in that and apply that to your life, that you'll obey God in whatever he tells you to do. And when you do that, you will always have an alive, vibrant, fresh relationship with God. A couple years ago, I, I traveled with my dad to Iowa, and I, I made a special trip. I, I shared a little bit about this in a message one time, and, and I, I wanted to take him to Iowa, and I brought a video camera, and I have about eight hours of video that I just asked him questions, and, and just picked his brain about life, and, and ministry, and growing up, and, and all these different things, and we want, I just wanted to get that on videotape. And there was one stop that I'll never forget as we were driving toward Iowa, that we pulled off near Rochelle, Illinois, and we navigated these streets of a small town, and Pastor Merrill was looking for a house. It's a house that his parents rented back long ago, and he, he wanted to find this house, and when he found it, he got out of the car, and there was a spring in his step and a smile on his face, and he told me the story of that being the house that he gave his heart to Jesus. Jesus. That's where he knelt his knee as a young boy and and made that commitment to follow God and to watch him be so excited in that moment that the freshness of the relationship had not worn out, but it had been even stronger because of all the years of following God. There's something beautiful about that. Next life lesson that I learned from my dad is be generous. Love God and love others to a fault. A lot of people draw this imaginary line and say, I don't want to cross that line. I don't want to go overboard. I want to be taken advantage of. There's no line for my dad. He is always generous, always giving, uh, almost to a fault. And, And what I love about that is that's a beautiful picture of who God is. God is generous to all of us to a fault. That's what grace is all about. And I love that heart. And maybe that's why we're such a missions church. Maybe that's why we do so many things. I don't know. But that generosity is a lot like what God looks like. And so I just encourage you to apply that to your life. There's so many lessons, but let me, um, let me share this one lesson. I learned to pray from my dad. I remember as a little boy, throughout my life, that when it was time to get ready for bed, And it didn't matter if I was a little boy and we're at home getting ready for bed, or if it was later on as we would travel together and stay at a hotel. It was not a night as we got ready for bed that I did not see my dad kneel beside his bed to pray. I've watched my dad pray in public and in private, and I've watched what God has done through his life. Told you this past Tuesday, we drove down to that pastors' conference, and so uh, I had worked late the night before, and, and my dad was driving. I said, if, "Is it okay if I just put my head back? I'm just going to rest while we drive." And he said, "Sure." So I, I fell asleep as we were driving, and I woke up to my dad just singing some spiritual songs, praying in tongues, and that's something I have experienced my entire life. A man of prayer, and throughout his life in ministry, my dad has sought God in prayer, and I know. That in turn, God has ordered his steps. Psalm 32 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. I believe that God has guided, guarded, watched the steps of Pastor Merrill as he has prayed and lived a life, a life of faith, a life worth emulating. And I believe, as we heard in the video earlier from Joel Osteen, that we reap the seeds sown by previous generations. That we as a church, not just me as an individual or our family, but that our church reaps the seeds that were sown by a previous generation, by Pastor Merrill and the original members of our church. And that God is calling us today to plant seeds That our children will harvest and their children will harvest. There is something that we're called to do today. It's not just for Pastor Merrill to live this life and we applaud at 80, but it's now your call and my call to plant these same seeds in our life and in our church and in our children. And you may say it's too late for me. It's not too late. Let me tell you why. Think about Moses. The first 40 years he grows up as a prince in Egypt. Not much to show for that time, because the next 40 years, he ends up in the wilderness. But those last 40 years, he did what God called him to do, and the world was forever changed. Let me tell you this as you think about it. If you went to heaven right now and asked Moses, what was the best 40 years of your life? I guarantee he wouldn't talk about the first 80. He'd talk about the last 40. So wherever you start, whenever you start, God is going to use those seeds that you plant. And there will be a harvest that comes. So I encourage you to learn the lessons of a life lived before you. And this is important because this is what the book of Hebrews tells us. It tells us to, to look at the previous generation. To learn from the previous generation. And then to live like the previous generation. As we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we are called to look, to learn, and to live. Your call today is to go now and leave and live a legacy. I'm going to invite Pastor Merrill to pray over us right now that we would live that life of legacy, and if he wants to share anything uh, at this time as well. But uh, Pastor Merrill, would you pray for us this morning? Thank you,
3: Pastor Darrell, and thank all of you for... Uh, listening to the celebration, I really am humbled, and uh, as you said i 'd rather be someplace else while you 're saying all that, but it 's very touching and uh I think it 's beautiful that at this time of the time of life, I guess that 's the time you do it and uh, so thank you for doing that. Thank you for being the congregation and and uh thank you, Leanne and Candace for uh, singing that song to God, be the glory. great things he hath done not through our effort but through him shall we pray together father we're thankful that you have allowed this church to be birthed thank you lord for the calling that brought us to this place thank you lord for the decisions made and and trying to follow your will and praying about it and seeing your hand at work lord I thank you for what you've done we may not be a mega church but lord we want to be a solid church we want solid people growing Thank you, Lord, for families, generations who have been here together. I thank you, Lord, for the new people that have come, recent people, even first times today. I pray, God, that they may be inspired. Help us, Lord, not to be weary in well-doing, because in due season we will reap if we faint not. I pray you'll put that, that stamina, that determination, that calling in each one of us that we will finish well. Thank you, O oh Lord, for your blessing upon my life. I give you praise. Thank you for health and strength that you brought us to this hour. And I pray you're going to lead us and bring us through to greater victory as the next generation leads us on. Thank you, Lord, for providing for this congregation, that we were not floundering or struggling, but that you brought forth leadership. Thank you, Lord, for the people who are involved in so many areas. I bless them in the name of the Lord that they're going to carry on the legacy that you have chosen to leave with us. And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, bless this congregation. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks. Let's honor Pastor Merrill on his 80th birthday. You may be seated for just a moment, and I know that you want to express your uh, thoughts and congratulations, and we're going to uh, be dismissed after the blessing in just a moment to the lobby, and uh, we're going to have a, um, uh, some, some ice cream to celebrate Pastor Merrill's birthday. And uh, it would have been cake, but it's so warm outside, we're having ice cream today. We're going to pretend it's summer one more day, but but we want to honor Pastor Merrill. It's a place for cards out there. If you didn't bring a card, there's some notes there. You can write a handwritten card and just put that in there. I know everything would mean so much uh, to him, and so we want to honor Pastor Merrill, uh, and feel free to greet him and say hi to him. Also want to mention, I was going to mention in the message, and I, I didn't, um, that I, I did ask Jody if she wanted to say anything, so I don't want you to feel like she was left out, uh, but uh, Jody just loves getting up front, don't you? She just loves standing up. She says you do it. So I'm like, okay, that's, we can do that. So, uh, but we, we, Jody, Mark, Leslie, I, we love, we love, uh, we love Dan so much. Um, uh, we are going to, before we go receive our missions offering, uh, so the third Sunday, uh, we we talked about this for two, uh, two months. We're going to do this as we receive, uh, toward, um, uh, the trips to Russia, to India, all the things that we're doing around the world. We want to do something special. So,